<laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And every other week, we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello! <laughs> I like your nickname today. Kathy exclaims all. <laughs> I was just going to go exclamation point, but apparently that's more than 30 characters. Well, with my name. <sighs> You're going to put, like, 25 exclamation points? I can't put no. I was oh, right, right, wrote out the any. word. They don't uh, let me. Jerk faces. Stupid. They are jerk faces. Ugh, God. That's dumb. Very dumb. Oh, you sound loud today. I'm using different headphones, oh. though. I don't think it's you. I think it's my headphones. Okay. I you're think... fine. I just turned down my volume. Okay. I was just checking my settings. Maybe I I have dropped this microphone. I think twice since the last time we were done <laughs> recording. So you never know. Maybe it's fabulous. Broken or moved one of the settings. The one setting it has on it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It's fine. No, it sounds fine. I think it's just my different headphones. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yes. How are you today? Oh, so sleepy, but that's okay. I was really tired, too, and I had wanted to take a nap, and then I never had time to take a nap, so here we are. Sometimes I worry I talk too much about how tired I am <laughs> on, this, <laughs> on this specifically. I think everyone is tired now, though. Like it, Just That's COVID true. fatigue in general. It's just exhausting. I actually heard hearing people have been talking about like one of the mental health implications of the whole covid pandemic and like nobody can do their normal routine so like everything takes more time and thought and consideration than we normally do you can't like just get up and start your day and like do stuff on autopilot like we used to so it is mentally exhausting because we have to put extra thought and effort into literally everything we do and I hate putting extra thought and effort <laughs> into anything. Same here. I don't want to put any thought or effort into anything, really, at all. No. <laughs> Let me tell you about my work day today, really. Yeah. Just, just the schedule. Absolutely. This morning I woke up and I worked from home for an hour and a half from 8 to 9.30. Traveled to work for 10 o'clock to cover a service desk from 10 to noon. Had lunch hour, then had to go help out another department since we still don't have access to our work area uh, due to some flooding. And then I had more travel time home, and then I had to get back on my computer and do work from home for another hour. That sounds really annoying. <laughs> it's really annoying. It's so exhausting. <laughs> Just uh, my, my day wasn't as chaotic as that. Um, what did I do first this morning? I fought with my computer for a while because my computer was being dumb. So that was fun. Actually, it wasn't my computer being dumb so much as my permissions for um, like my license for all of the Microsoft programs expired. So I needed to. Ugh. Yeah, because I, I had signed on through the grad school that I was a student at. And then obviously I'm not a grad student anymore. So I lost permission for my email there which isn't surprising i don't use that email anyway but along with losing permission to my email i also lost my permissions for microsoft so then i needed to fix that issue and then i went and taught and then i had to go get my cat's medicine 
And then I came home and I did some class prep for tomorrow and then sat on the webinar and I had to watch our episode for today. And then I had to walk the dogs and then that was my whole day. Then now we're recording. That's a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> even I only actually worked for like an official working like an hour and 15 minutes of actual like teaching time. I still spent a lot of time doing other actual class prep stuff and then yeah. of course watching the episode, which is important. It is. It's hard to it's talk really about important. an episode if you haven't watched it. Right, which is what happened last week. <laughs> I didn't watch it, and we didn't talk about it. We it's missed okay. a week of recording. <laughs> I'd only really gotten hit through half of it anyway, so. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. We're here now. We're yeah, here now. Got it recorded eventually. Yeah. Oh, my mom's trying to get her COVID appointment, and it's not. So far, no, no, no go. Sorry. Oh, no. I have thought. Yeah. My mom got hers. I'm, I'm she super did? excited. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, my mom's going on Friday, and I'm immensely relieved. That's awesome. Yeah. And my yeah. father-in-law, I don't know when my mother-in-law is getting hers. My father-in-law already got his first dose because he's extra high risk. So he, he's he got to be going for his second one pretty soon, I think. Awesome. So, yay. Awesome. I know. I Vaccines are good. I, I wish I could help my mom, but I think she's doing everything she can, and she actually has the time to do it. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, how, I don't know what's actually involved in it. My sister signed my mom up. Oh, nice. So I don't even have any idea what's involved myself. I guess my mom called the health department. She signed up on the VAMS website. Mm -hmm. She tried to look through my chart, and she hasn't been able to just find any appointments yet. She said she was up till 2 a.m. doing it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like, why are you still awake at 2 a.m.? Well, I'm glad. I'm at least glad that your mom, not to get too political, but knowing your mom's political beliefs, I am very glad to hear that she's going with the science and getting her vaccine, though. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. She's she's one of those rare breeds of people who enjoys terrible presidents, but also <laughs> thinks the vi the virus is a big deal that will yeah. kill her. So. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> So it will. So it's good. Oh, good, for, good. good for my yeah. mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't need more. Let's, not, let's, I mean, I can't say let's not have more COVID deaths because sadly there will be many more, but yeah. let's try to minimize that as much as we can, shall yes, we? Yes, please. Yes. yes, please. On that note, let's yeah. talk about today's episode, which has nothing to do with any of the things that we've talked about so far. Why do I have this numbered as 19? Is that right? It is episode 18. I think it I'm is our. So confused. Well, we're off a little bit because remember we did episode one and two, in oh, episode one. Okay, but I mean, like I've been just in my 18... notes, I've just been numbering. Did I skip a number? Oh, I might have. I think I messed up actually. In the no, I think I messed up in the numbering. It's not a big deal. I'll fix it. Whatever, eighteen, nineteen, whatever. This should Four, be five, five six. Episode seven, eighteen that we're recording. And I put the wrong number of the episode of the show. So it's, okay. it's episode 18 of the podcast. It's not episode 18 of this show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry. I number it by based on the, the podcast episode number, not the episode we're talking about, which is off by one because gotcha. of the fact that we did one and two in one episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Did everyone cares. <laughs> very important stuff. Yep. Just as important as talking about our animals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
I think my animals and your animals are extremely important for that matter. They are very important. Anyway, what are we talking about today? (laughs) We are talking about the Stargate SG-1 Season 1 Episode 19, Tin Man. Tin Man. Or Tin Man, if you will. (laughs) Yes, we are. We're in a dark room. Yes. (laughs) i'm off to a great start so we're in a dark room and we see that there is a stargate activated in the room it's actually the back of the stargate which i'm not sure if if Mm. we've seen a a view of the back of the stargate before i mean it looks the same basically it does but we haven't i don't think we've seen them coming in from that back view before i thought it was an interesting panning yeah yeah to see that me too yeah. Um, and you can kind of see the, the, the puddle of the gate reflecting through the room. Mm-hmm. And SG-1 is here on the planet P3X989. Yes, which Jack makes a very big deal about announcing. Yes. <laughs> Airline pilot style. Yes. <laughs> so they start looking around the room uh, and kind of talking about what they're seeing and what they think is going on. So they think that this place... Uh, appears more advanced than Earth technologically, but Daniel says it feels older somehow. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense because, like, there have been plenty of old cultures that they've gone to that aren't more advanced than ours. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Jack says the place has seen better days. <laughs> um, <laughs> they determine it's not gold. Tilka's never seen anything like it. I really liked in this that as they moved through the space looking around, I really liked all the different lights uh, of different colors contrasting with the dark room. I, mm. That was a really pretty episode in that way. Yeah. Interesting style. Yeah. yeah. Sam finds a computer, but then they hear a noise and decide that they should probably get out of there and they head back to the gate, but they're hit by a flash of light. That kind of goes through them and knocks them unconscious. Doesn't she push some buttons on the computer first, too? I think so. I think because, you know, if you see a random alien computer, why wouldn't you just go up to it and start pushing buttons? Yeah, push the buttons. I mean, it it was identifiable as a computer, which, you know, it it basically looked like they put some sort of zebra stripes on a monitor. (laughs) Yes. But, yeah, so... That, and then, and then, since they're unconscious, it seems like a good time to roll credits. It does. Yeah, that was a really short opening for this yeah. one. Yeah. It's some pretty long ones. That one's short. After the credits, the team is suddenly finding themselves in some sort of a medical bay. They are waking up on um, what kind of look like medical beds. And they're all reporting to each other that they're okay. But they notice that they have different clothes now and they don't really know what's going on. And then... A door opens and a kind of maybe middle-aged-ish looking yeah. guy comes in and is just absolutely delighted and repeatedly exclaims, Come try it! Claps his hands. <laughs> and so Daniel introduces them. And Jack asks why this gentleman attacked them. And the guy who, of course, speaks English is like, All right, I guess it would look like I attacked you from your perspective, but I didn't. You're all fine now. 
and he asks if they feel okay and they say that they do and he's like that's good because sometimes that procedure requires uh your heart to be restarted a few times (laughs) (laughs) just does it in passing like it's not a big deal so sg1 kind of lets that go and they ask where their uniforms and their weapons are but this guy who introduces himself as harlan says that their current clothes are, are definitely better than the uniforms that they had and he mentions that he's the last survivor of this planet known as Old Hair. And he says that he will show them to their weapons. And he's very happy to have them there and kind of giggles <laughs> adorably as he's leading them out of the room. Yeah. He, um, so on the DVD I was watching where I always put on the Spanish tub t- subtitles because sometimes I can't hear things and there are no English subtitles in my DVD. <laughs> They did not even put the word Comtria in the closed captioning. It's just nothing. Like, he says Comtria, <laughs> but there's no text at all. Usually, they throw something in there, but it yeah. kind of made it kind of made it a little bit weird to watch. Yeah, and that would be really annoying for someone who's hearing impaired and yeah. also speaking Spanish that's trying to watch it. And it's Dude like, is clearly what are they talking about? Yeah. yeah. They're just like, ah, I give up. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Um. Weird. The other thing, too, is did you see when he was sort of, like, making faces and I think he even tried to, like, touch Carter? She was giving him some real, like, emancipation-level stink eye, and I was enjoying it. Yeah, she wasn't very thrilled because he definitely pointed out a couple times that she's different because she's female. Yeah. (laughs) He also pointed out that Tilk is different, but didn't specify why, but, you know. We're we're taking we all, that. We're supposed to take that to mean it's because of his guauld. Right. We 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 know about Tilk. Yes. His, his hidden his hidden uh, pouch. Hagfish. Hagfish. <laughs> his hidden hagfish. His hidden hagfish home. They're walking along, talking. The team is asking questions of Harlan, and Harlan explains that there's a lot of mechanical breakdowns that are happening, and it's hard to to keep up with them on his own. So they asked whether or not there was more to their civilization than this underground bunker they seem to be in. Or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a bunker. but They never really do clarify exactly what this place is, but I think it is kind of just, like you said, like a bunker. Well, yeah. So he, Harlan explains that the service is no longer livable due to radiation. And they ask him more questions, but Harlan really isn't giving clear answers on anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of babbling along and says that they remind him of Wallace, except for Sam, who is female, and Teal, who is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he says that their creator of this place died too early and took many secrets with him. And they ask him how long, how old he is, how long he's been there. One of those things. They ask Something both. like that. I think they yeah. ask. Yeah. Okay. And he doesn't really answer either of those. He was being really yeah. cagey and it made the conversation hard to follow because they would just be asking him questions that he wouldn't answer and he would like say yeah. something else instead. And I, I don't think he was being deliberately evasive. I think he's just been alone, alone for a very long time. The impression I got is that he was being deliberately evasive because they were asking questions he didn't want to answer yet until they were really... Kind of, Maybe it's a uh, little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I feel I, I got the feeling that he was trying to kind of ease them into the situation, and that like he was planning Fair. to tell them eventually, but just didn't want to tell them yet. So yeah, okay. both. Yeah. Well, anyway, he says that he he's 
been alive or for 99,207,000 of your Earth hours or your planet's hours, whatever he says. Yeah. And Jack's like, that's 11,000 years. <laughs> throws that right out there. And they are all perplexed. Mm-hmm. Jack is as well. Uh, and Sam, they're perplexed that they all kind of know that. Yeah. <laughs> without any effort. That's a lot of math to do in your head. Without- <laughs> yeah. So Harlan tells them they are better, smarter, and stronger, whatever that means. We have the technology. Uh, and that he's given them a great gift. And Jack's like, better? <laughs> but more angry because he was yes, seems pretty. He's Jack. <laughs> yeah. Harlan doesn't really answer again. And so Jack decides that it's time to go. So they follow him away from Harlan. Back to the gate. So SG-1 is back on Earth in the infirmary. They're getting checked out. I don't, I'm wondering if this is standard after every mission or if it's just because they were knocked unconscious. Because I would hope it would be standard maybe after most missions, but it doesn't seem to be. I don't know. Yeah, well, you'd also hope that, yeah. I mean, we, there's a lot of things I feel like we would hope for, like that they're actually <laughs> decontaminating them every time they come back through the gate. Right. But, yeah, and that's why I would hope that they would be checking them out like pretty much yeah. every time because they're being exposed to like who knows what unknown pathogens and yeah. whatever is there. But anyway, Fraser asks how Jack is feeling and he says he's actually never felt better and that's what has him a little bit worried. And she says, well, this is what has me worried. And she hands him her stethoscope, which grossed me out a little bit because putting something in your ear and then putting it in someone else's ear <laughs> is gross. <laughs> she hasn't listened to his heart. And there is no heart there. And so Jack is like, how is this better? Am I dead? <laughs> and Fraser says that to make sense of all this, she's going to need to do a blood sample. So she tries to draw some blood from him. But instead of getting blood, she gets a milky looking white substance in her test tube. So that's definitely not normal either. What? That's the yeah. color that comes out every time I donate blood. Is that not right? <laughs> they don't say anything. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Where are you going to donate blood? I don't. <laughs> are you going to Red Cross? Or are you going somewhere else? I don't know. Sometimes there's just somebody who's like, "Hey, wanted to give some blood," and I'm like, "Sure. Here you go. Have an arm." And they're like, "Great." And then they jab things in my arm and take my blood. You might be doing it wrong. Okay. Normally they need to have like screening questions and like. Definitely should have like some licensure and <laughs> and more than just random people on the street. Oh, would be my oh advice. dear. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll look into that. The more you know. Also, maybe go to your doctor if your blood is white. <laughs> oh, it is actually possible to have such a high triglyceride count that it makes your blood look lighter and like a little bit more yellowish, but not not full on white like that we're seeing here. <laughs> Anyway, everyone starts freaking out at this point. Dr. Frazier and SG-1. Dr. Frazier runs to the wall and slams on the alarm button. And smart doctor! <laughs> yes, exactly. Smart doctor. Like like the smart doctor did in the, uh, the episode with Kowalski. There's yep. all kinds of dramatic music happening as everyone is flipping out. And suddenly Tilk realizes that his Gua'uld is gone. And so Jack grabs a scalpel and slices his own forearm open and realizes that it's full of metal. Because, like, why that was his reaction, I don't know. But it was. So, 
So he completely slices it open so that he can see what's in there. And there's like metal hydraulic pistons and stuff. And so guards come running in and Jack tells them to stand down. But Frazier tells them to belay that order because she's the one that paged him in there. And whoever this is, she knows that it's not Jack because typically Jack would actually not have metal parts and white (laughs) substance instead of blood. And usually (laughs) we can presume that Jack would have a heartbeat. You would think so. You would think, yeah. So Hammond comes in, and Dr. Frazier tells him that they're all imposters. And Jack's like, no, come on, it's really us. And Hammond looks down at Jack's arm, which he's got a bandage on, but is still oozing white stuff. And he's like, that doesn't look like human blood to me. And so Jack's trying to convince Hammond that it is really him by telling him a bunch of personal information and like his grandkids' names. But Hammond really is having none of that and orders that they all be taken to a holding cell and threatens to use deadly force if necessary if Jack and the rest of SG-1 refuse to go with the guards peacefully. Good for Hammond. Yes. Not yeah, for once he's really standing up to, well, he, I guess he doesn't actually think it's Jack. Otherwise, maybe it would be a different story. Yeah. But for once, he's like, yeah, being a leader and not, yeah. not just being like, oh, okay, Jack, you're right. <laughs> Not swayed by fun facts about Hammond that Jack knows. <laughs> yes. Good for you. Yes. Hammond and Fraser are talking about the team, watching them on a computer monitor. And, you know, they sort of, oh, they look like our people and they believe that they're SG-1. And Fraser says it could be a gold trick. And Hammond's like, well, he was, she was right about my grandchildren. How else would he know? There are probably ways to find that out. I would imagine so, yes. Probably not that hard either. (laughs) Yeah. Although a little harder back then because we didn't have as much internet access as now. And Fraser says that keeping them here is dangerous. Extremely. Yeah. So that was that little scene. Yeah. So in that room that Fraser and Hammond were actually watching on the monitor... Daniel is looking at his hand with wonder and is like, this looks like mine. It feels like mine. It is mine. I don't feel any different. I just feel better. And Sam said, well, that's what Harlan said. that He made us better. And Daniel's like, well, why didn't he tell us? And Sam says that, well, he's probably afraid that we were going to damage him. And she also says to Jack, who is very pissed off at this point, that... They can't really blame Hammond for confining all of them. But Jack is trying to argue, well, I know who I am. And Sam says that she does too. But, you know, take a look at the the evidence rationally. They don't have heartbeats and they've got white stuff for blood and metal in their arms. So even though they know who they are, it doesn't look like that to anybody else. Sam thinks that what must have happened is that Harlan must have transferred their consciousnesses into these fake bodies. And Jack's like, bodies? No, we're machines. Daniel asks if Tilk is doing okay without his hagfish, but Tilk says that he can still feel its presence somehow. And Daniel likens that to phantom limb syndrome, which is when somebody who's had a limb amputated can still feel pain and feel sensations in that area. Even though the limb's not there anymore. That seems unfortunate. Like... I feel like extremely. the only benefit to not having that limb anymore is that you shouldn't have to feel it ever yeah. again. 
I mean, there's yeah. no benefit. Like, not having a limb is probably not great, but, you know. No, but it can be pretty horrible for some people because, like, they'll get phantom itches or phantom pain. And, like, you, obviously you can't scratch it. There's nothing no. you can do to alleviate the pain because that, that limb is not there. It's just the the nervous system kind of going haywire, not really realizing that the limb's not there anymore. And it it's, yeah, it's pretty awful. Boo. Um, Jack is continuing to be angry because they're being held prisoner by their own people and Daniel tries to argue well it can't be forever and you know Jack's got a good point here like of course it can as far as they're <laughs> concerned we're not us do you think military intelligence is actually going to let us continue as us when they know that we're not us and Daniel tries to still argue that they still have their rights and Sam's about to say that we're still and Jack's like what human <sighs> So Sam says, well, Aww. Harlan did say we'll be back. I guess now we know why. Aw. Hammond goes to see the team and says to O'Neill or whoever you are, <laughs> uh, and tells them he's planning to send SG-5 to back to the planet to figure out what is going on. Jack says that is a mistake because Harlan will just turn them all into robots too. Daniel explains who Harlan is because Hammond doesn't know yet. Sam tells Hammond that they believe he Harlan transferred their consciousness into these mechanical bodies. Hammond's like, well, why would he do that? Daniel explains that Harlan believes he's done them a favor because they're better now. And yes. they realize Harlan must be artificial as well. But before they can do anything, the team kind of collapses there. And they seem to be in a lot of pain, and Jack tells Hammond they've got to go back to the planet, like now. So they drag the team into the gate room and send them through. They do. Yeah. Right away. They do. Solves that problem. Fake SG-1 gun. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Wow, did really. you like this episode? No. Yeah. I thought it seemed oddly short. I don't know. What did yeah. you think? I was wondering if they were going to address that there was no SG-1 anymore. But... Yeah, you know. But then all of a sudden, there's, from now on, the show just goes by SG-2. So <laughs> here we are. Anyway, back on the facility, the team comes back through the gate and they immediately start to recover. Sam theorizes that they must have run out of energy, kind of like a battery, because these are machines that they're now using as bodies, so they need a source of power. Harlan comes back to greet them. Come try it! And he said that he was starting to get worried because they waited a little bit too long. And he asks if they feel better now. Jack is pissed, so he slams Harlan up against the gate, and Sam warns him that we need to be careful with him because he's the only one that could return us to our bodies. But Harlan says, no, I can't do that. This is permanent. And he to say that is not what any of them want to hear. And Harlan does tell Jack, you're damaging me. You are damaging me. So Jack lets him go. But he says that their bodies are gone, and that's part of the process. So this is what you are now, and you're going to see. This is better. Everything's good. SG-1 does not look very convinced. No. no. Jack's so mad. Yes. 
everyone else seems to be taking it surprisingly well, but Jack is super Yeah. Pissed. Yeah, I do want it's I would be flipping out myself as well, I think, if it's just I, me. Yeah, I I I'm I have thoughts. I'm just trying to put them together. I feel like Daniel and Sam being sort of scientists or not they're not sort of scientists, they are scientists right. sort of are just viewing it through that kind of lens. I don't know if they would do that forever or if they're just trying to process what's going on right now, but yeah. Yeah, whereas Jack is just like I am me. <laughs> like, and Teal'c, we never really get much about him and his reactions. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty stoic no matter what's going on. So It is true. Harlan leads them back to what I called the bed flower rather than a flower bed. It just looked like their beds were in the shape of a flower yes. in the room. Yeah. So I like bed, it. I like it. Bed, bed flower. flower. Yeah, yeah. It's great. So Harlan sort of gets right into... We got a lot to do, guys. This is why I needed you. I can't maintain all of this. I can't keep this place running. There's a lot of repairs. An alarm goes off and Harlan leaves to do some repairs. And then we have the team alone in the room. Jack is pacing and rubbing his head. Daniel tells him he should probably rest so he doesn't run out of energy. And Sam is like, well, it looks like he's been jerry-rigging things for centuries. And he must be desperate. And Jack says they should just let it fail. Teal points out that to condemn Harlan is to condemn themselves now because they are the same as him. And he says what is done is done. So that's pretty. That's a pretty sto- stoic take on the whole yeah. thing. So Jack is still really can't get over this robot thing. Yeah, he's basically like, how is no one else worried that we're robots? Yeah. <laughs> So he just he just decides to leave just to go talk to Harlan, robot to robot. <laughs> Daniel and Sam continue to talk about living a long time, eleven thousand years. It's a lot to take in. They'll need they need time to adjust. They're sort of marveling at their what's happened to them. Like they have the same sensations and perceptions. They're just trying to process this now. So yeah, Daniel says the human body is just an organic machine. Sam's like that's not the same, but Daniel's like. Perhaps Harlan is right. We're better, but we're still us. We're still unique. Oh, this went on for a while. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, so while they're talking, <laughs> while they're talking this through, Teal'c leaves the room. And you know what? I would too, because Daniel's cup half full crap is a little grating right now. <laughs> Just a little. He's like... So they follow him out. He's like, remember that wife that I used to have that I cared about finding? Nah, let's just live here forever. (laughs) I don't know. Does he know that yet? I mean, I guess they figure it out because they have a power source they need. And because I was like, well, if you had 11,000 years, you could probably spend some time looking for your wife. And maybe if you're better, you can like fight the gold. Right. But I think they've they've already kind of established that like they can't leave this planet for more than a few hours at a time. So yeah, that would kind of limit his wife search at that point. Yeah. How many, I mean, think of how many wives he can have in 11,000 years. He could just go find a new wife. Yeah. True. Very true. (laughs) They follow (laughs) Teal'c out, but don't know where he went. (laughs) And we see Teal'c standing outside of a room, seemingly agitated. And he starts shaking and he seems very much in pain. He's got his hands on his head and is kind of like seizing almost. So something's going on. 
Yeah, and there's like the like a screeching kind of noise that I couldn't really tell if it was supposed to be like his mechanical parts failing or hagfish screeching or kind of a little bit of both. And they were also played like a quick clip of like the background Guault music. Oh. Ha. I missed that. Oh, you missed that part? Yeah. Yeah, it was only like a couple seconds of like the Guault theme. Nice. Yeah. I mean, not nice, but you know. I thought it was interesting. (laughs) Somewhere else in the facility, I believe was section two that the alarm had said was what was in need of repair. Jack and Harlan are arguing while Harlan is working on those repairs. And Harlan doesn't really understand why Jack's got this obsession with their bodies. It doesn't matter anymore. They don't need them. They don't have them anymore. And Jack says he just wants to know what was done with them. And Harlan's like, but you're better now. It doesn't matter. Sam and Daniel come in and ask if any of them have seen Teal'c. And Harlan says, well, maybe it's better that he be left alone. He is different. What the hell, dude? I know. Right? Sorry. <laughs> going what does that mean? Look. Yeah. <laughs> he was very dismissive of Teal'c. Yeah. Jack continues his questioning, asking Harlan why they did this. And Harlan explains a little bit more of the background information on what happened to his race. So they were facing destruction and their biosphere could no longer support them. And so this whole project, this whole underground bunker thing was supposed to allow them to continue to live, even if their planet couldn't. And their former bodies would have never survived any of this. So that's why they started doing the whole consciousness transfer into these robot bodies instead. One thing I was wondering, though, that they never actually addressed is whether or not the the planet couldn't support them anymore because of their own actions or whether it was a natural occurrence. And I would have been it curious is, to... Yeah, you know, but unclear. Yeah. Anyway, not really that important because, like I said, they don't bother to mention it. But Sam asks how many of them there had been originally, and Harlan says that there was around a thousand or so. A handful of them didn't survive the transfer process, including the creator that he had mentioned before of the whole facility. But many did survive for a while. Although they kind of got sick of things after a while. So a bunch of them left through the gate, bringing little battery packs for themselves. So I guess that maybe Daniel could have eventually left with a battery pack. Maybe. Hmm. He says that he waited for them to come back, but they never did. And then he also says that there were a lot more people on this planet here that could not accept the gift that they were given and so they choose to end their existence by going to the surface so now harlan has been here all alone since wallace although he never actually says how long that has been but now because he's got his new sg1 companions everything is better and harlan also mentions that they need to stay near the power source because the robot bodies can't last more than a few hours without it which we kind of already figured because of what happened when they went back to earth And he still seems really confused as to why they keep insisting that they want to go back home. And he also seems kind of hurt because, like, he sees them as being new friends and he's been alone and lonely for a long time and is so happy to have new companions. So he's a little bit upset, I suppose, kind of understandably that his new companions don't want to stay. I mean, not that that justifies him, like, essentially kidnapping them, but I can understand why he was hoping that they would want to be his friends and stay. And also from his perspective, he's given them a gift. He specifically calls it a gift of immortality. So he is upset that they're not really too more grateful about that. 
And then the warning all of a sudden goes off again, and it's a little hard to understand because it's kind of garbled. But basically, the takeaway is that there's a problem with the power source because Harlan spent too much time away from his repairs while he was creating this new robot SG-1 version. And so if they don't go and repair that power source, then they are all going to die. So, so much for that gift of immortality. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That was... <laughs> Catastrophic breakdowns. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) All gonna die. Yep. (laughs) Elsewhere in the facility bunker, a thermal capacitator malfunctioned. Sure. Yeah. So I just put blah 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 for this. Yeah. (laughs) So they gotta they gotta go take care of that. Harlan says this hasn't happened since Wallace was alive, and so he asks them for help. And they all look at each other. And Jack gives in and agrees to help. Jack is still wondering where Tilk is. And Harlan again says it doesn't matter. He's different. (laughs) (laughs) So Harlan's going to stay there while they go open some vents or something to fix their thermal capacitor blotty blah venting problem. And they ask how they're supposed to find these things, but they just know. Yeah. Well, Harlan said that he made sure that it was all there when he made them. Yeah. So he urges them off. Sam and Daniel run off. Jack stays behind, but Harlan waves him off, too. And Harlan frantically computes. Or whatever. (laughs) Frantic computing. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of series of, like, very short flashes of things. We do. So the team is on their way trying to fix the issue that the power source is having. Jack is rushing down to where I guess he knows that the vent is going to be that. And he realizes that oh, it might be a little faster if I just jump this 60 feet or so to the bottom. So he hesitates for a second and then he takes that 60 foot leap and lands no worse for the wear. Nice. Back at the computer. Harlan is computering. <laughs> Back out in the facility, Sam and Daniel find an access panel, and Daniel just tears it off and is surprised by his own strength for a second. And then he reaches in and says that he can feel the vent and that it's, in fact, rusted shut, so not too easy to open. Jack makes it to another panel, and there's a whole bunch of back-and-forth scenes of people puttering with vents and Harlan computering and more vent stuff and more of Harlan computering and... Yes, I know it's computing, but I like computing. I like it, too. (laughs) Jack is blown back by a blast of steam or something, something, some chemical blowing in his face. And then all of a sudden, Tilk is there. And Jack is like, yay, it's Tilk. But then Tilk starts attacking him and tries to kill him. Yeah. So I guess not so much yay. That warning is still going off and Harlan is still at his computer and Tilk is beating the crap out of robo jack and apparently the damage that they do to some pipes is actually enough to rupture them and release the pressure that was causing the problem with the power so the power's fine now Woo. and tilk shoves jack's face I am the robot. into that venting whatever stuff and jack collapses and tilk is about to deal a final blow with a random pipe from nearby when dan dan uh, Daniel, <laughs> Sam. Dan. <laughs> when Daniel, Sam, and Harlan all come rushing in, and Harlan shoots Teal with some kind of vaporizing gun, and he just disappears. 
dissipates. And they go to check on Jack, who now has got a big hole in his face. And Harlan's like, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to fix everything. And Daniel and Sam are like, but you just killed Teal. How do you fix that? He's been vaporized. And Harlan's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. He was malfunctioning. You'll say it's going to be fine. So he tells them to go back to their quarters and wait. And then he rushes off. But Jack orders Sam and Daniel to go follow him. Which they do. They do. They find Harlan in another room that they kind of had to demand entrance to, and then he just let them in. <laughs> oh, I thought that they broke their way in. Oh, did they break their way in? That was my impression. Oh, uh, okay. Was to go away. Okay. So they find not only Harlan, though, but they find Teal covered in some, maybe some more milky slime there. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps some robot blood. Looks like it may be mixed with a little Vaseline or something. Yeah. Yeah. So... Th- He's making a new tealk. Yes. From scratch. Yeah. Because there wasn't another one to fix. So he's yeah. <laughs> I never go for that canned tealk anyway. <laughs> Frozen tealk. the box mix. Ah. <laughs> Those make it super easy. You just need to add some water. But, you know, if you're, if you're going to do it right, do it from scratch. Yeah. That's very true. It always comes out best that way. They're perplexed and want to know how this is possible. Harlan says that Teal had two minds, the hagfish and himself, and they could not coexist in the same robot mind. And that is what caused Teal to malfunction. And Harlan didn't know initially that he was different. (laughs) (laughs) But this time he's going to make it better. And Carter says, how can you make a new Teal'c without the original? Jack arrives, tells Carter to stand aside, basically, and makes Harlan turn off the machine that's creating a new Teal'c. Jack also insists that Harlan answer Sam's question. Jack really wants to know where their bodies are. They must exist somewhere. Right. And Harlan finally admits, finally admits it. And Jack wants... Th- Jack wants to be put back in his own human body. And Harlan says that is not possible even if he wanted to. Surely you can reverse the process. Harlan says that is impossible and he will show them why. So he takes them to another room. It's identical to that first room where the team all woke up. We see SG-1, different version of SG-1, lying on the beds, but they're all still in their uniform. So we're are supposed to know that this is the original SG-1 team. They all have their mouths taped shut, and they all look like they're unconscious, although we do see Jack's eyes open, and he's looking around the room a little bit in a daze. Harlan says that he did not mean to harm anyone, and he had planned to send the original SG-1 back through the gate as soon as he knew that the transference had been accepted. But then Sam kind of realizes what's really new Sam kind of realizes what's really going on at this point. And she's like, well, it's not really a transfer though, is it? We are just copies. And Harlan's like, yeah, as good as the original, even better than the original. Really, you were never supposed to see these actual originals. And he had hoped that once he'd sent them back, the originals would have known of the existence of the copies. The copies wouldn't have known of the separate existence of the originals and that they would just accept their existence, their new existence on the planet 
and Jack is looking new Jack. I have to specify it's hard. It gets hard to specify here. We could go with Phoneal. (laughs) We could go with Phoneal. So the new Phoneal here, Phoneal 2.0, suddenly realizes, all right, we can never go back then. And Harlan says, but you're welcome here. So fake Sam takes real Tilk's mouth covering off and he says Captain Carter and he's apparently okay. Phoneal leaves and fake Sam and fake Daniel. I feel like we should have something better to call them, but I, don't I was know. trying to, yeah, <laughs> I'm portmanteauing those yeah. not good. Sam Farter. <laughs> Farter. Faniel and <laughs> Faniel and Famantha. <laughs> Fomantha. <laughs> so Fomantha and Faniel take the face coverings off of Jack and the others. The real SG1 is really confused about what's happening here since they're being woken up by their own doubles and jack's like harlan where have you been and harlan's like oh you know saving the planet and creating your synthetics i've been super busy and sam's like this is impossible but fomantha is like no it's true at first we didn't even know anything had changed and then fomantha and samantha nerd out about how recreating the nervous system on a molecular level uh, is pretty much impossible and defies the uncertainty principle so somehow they overcame that and that they are completely identical down to the mole that they shouldn't be talking about and moles are unseemly (laughs) jerk i have a couple of them so (laughs) (laughs) i was kidding (laughs) no you weren't you're mean and you find me hideous (laughs) oh my god you were never supposed to know All these years, I've always wondered why you never look me in the face. (laughs) It's nothing to do with my lazy eye. (laughs) I really wasn't an intended slight to you. (laughs) I know, but I needed to go. not even at all what I was thinking. That's great. <laughs> anyway. Uh, not COVID. Oh, totally lost. Totally, yeah, same here. Not COVID. <laughs> just laughing so hard that I'm literally crying. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I lost my spot. It's fine. Okay. So Tilk's like, well, why have you not made a copy of me? And Harlan's like, oh, we did, but we disintegrated you. (laughs) (laughs) I see. So while Faniel and Fomantha and Daniel and Sam are chatting, Jack goes off to find Phoneal 2.0. And Jack finds him looking at Tilk 3.0. And is like, you don't look too happy about this either. Phoneal is like, you think you know how I feel? And Jack's like, well, we're basically the same person. But Phoneal is like, well, 
I have a hole in my face. So this <laughs> proves that we're not the same person. <laughs> so from his perspective, his life has been stolen and he has every bit as much of a right to the life he remembers as the actual Jack does. So Phoniel says that he's not going to argue with Jack because he knows that he can't go back. Although if it was actually possible, that it might be a different story. He might try to fight him for it. And Jack is concerned about the security threat at this point. That's posed by Phoniel 2.0 here, since his robot double knows all of the same codes and all the same secrets that Jack does with his top secret clearance. But Phoniel says, don't worry, we'll bury the gate and blah, blah, blah. Don't even think about sending a bomb. And Jack's like, I totally wasn't. Of course, Hmm. Phoniel knows better because they are the same person, essentially. Harlan calls for Colonel O'Neill from a distance. So Phoniel decides he will be the one to handle it and goes off to find Harlan. (sighs) And he does. Mm -hmm. Phoniel 2.0 does find Harlan and Harlan asks where the other one is, but Phoniel says that he's getting ready to go home. And Phoniel also says that he understands that Harlan was just doing what he needed to do to survive, but points out that people are not meant to live forever. And Harlan's like, well, maybe not, but you know, give it a few hundred years to think about it and maybe it'll change your mind. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we, we come to the end. Everyone's gathered at the gate. And I would like to point out that there are two Tilks in this scene. So did they, in fact, recreate Tilk? I thought it was. I thought that I had seen that wrong. Yeah, I guess they must have. And why would they do that? I was like, maybe was... I miscounted because that's what I thought. I, I didn't really think about it all that much when I was watching it because I was also <laughs> taking notes. But I was like, oh, I must have seen that wrong. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, sorry. I just had a flash of. Have you ever seen the episode of uh, Thirty Rock with uh, Steve Martin in it? When he's like, I miscounted the men, Liz. And he's trying to escape from his his house arrest. Yes, I love that show. It's so funny. Anyway, that's I, I was thinking about that when this was happening. But <laughs> I actually I actually stopped it and paused it at the very beginning when we have the before they zoom in towards the whole group. Yeah. You can see everyone and SG one is facing away from the gate towards the the faux team and Harlan. Yeah. And they're all there, and then there are, there are four figures plus Harlan behind, and it is very clear that the Teal'c behind Harlan there is not wearing his SG uniform. Oh, yeah, I didn't really even notice that. Yeah, that's messed up then. So, what's going on there? Yeah. Did, did, did Teal'c agree to this? I guess he must have. That's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Maybe maybe he wants there to be a version of him that doesn't have a gold in the world. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. <laughs> yes. So anyway, the gang's all there. Yeah. Uh, to say goodbye. Real Jack reminds Phoniel to bury the <laughs> gate. And Phoniel's like, as if I'd forget. <laughs> Which I just really enjoyed. That's why I decided to tell yeah. you that. <laughs> Real Jack gives... Phoniel a shoulder pat and a see ya and tells him he should have his icky wound looked at. (laughs) And Phoniel tells him to have a good life. Yeah. And then the team uh, the team's about to go through and we fade to credits. Yep. I noticed that 
Fomantha and Faniel seemed surprisingly okay with the situation. Yeah, they they are taking it much better than yeah. Foniel. They are. And who knows about Fielk? <laughs> we don't know. Pseudo Tilk. Pseudo Tilk. Fake Tilk. Robot Tilk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the other Tilk, the third Tilk. Yeah. Robot 2. Yeah, Tilk 2. Point, yeah. Robot Tilk 2.0. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Jack is just upset that he has to spend his life repairing a station that he didn't build and didn't want to live on? Or, you know, he actually likes his life and wants to go back to it. Maybe he just doesn't want to be around a bunch of nerds because we know he doesn't like nerds and now he's stuck <laughs> with nerds forever. That's true. <laughs> he can't He can't escape by going home. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you had this opportunity to become a robot, Mary... And you'd be the exact same person. But oh, you'd totally be a copy of yourself. You yeah. would do it. Could be like you could like like they could download new things that they want to learn, and like you don't get older, and you've got like super strength. And yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Would you do it if your existence was completely about maintaining the place in which you currently live, because that's the only way you can keep living as a robot? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would actually that seems pretty shitty. Like, no, that's a good point though, because he's like, yeah, you have this gift of immortality. Yeah, but you're stuck in this like dingy bunker that you can never leave, and you have to spend the rest of your life fixing it, or else die. It seems awful. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't know if I'd be on board with that. No, although maybe you could start doing missions. Where you go kidnap other people from other worlds, bring them back, and make even more robots. Yeah, I and guess then you could do that. Yeah, fill out the the bunker enough that the robots do not have to only work on repairing themselves all the time. But they but said they'd bury the gate. They said that, but in a world where they're going to go kidnap people to make robots, I think maybe. Maybe they'd lie about that. Could be. Yeah, I felt like it was a really... I didn't think that the episode... Speaking of, you know, that brings us to whether or not we liked the episode. I thought that was just such a dark ending that it kind of ruined most of the rest of it for me. Like, I thought it was a decent episode, but that just made it super depressing that, like, as far as all of the fake robot versions are concerned, they are still that, that person. And now they're stuck with this eternity of just being living in this bunker and just fixing the bunker day to day for eons. And that just seemed so depressing to me <laughs> that it made it hard for me to really like enjoy the episode overall. That is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I liked it. I, I, I guess that Harlan, I guess I had interpreted it, not that he wasn't hiding things, but that a lot of it was that he just doesn't know how to talk to people anymore. Yeah. And I felt like that made him more, even more sympathetic. And although he's not, because he made a bunch of people who don't want to be where he is. But 
Um, so I, I, I mean, I sort of, so I sort of liked Harlan a little bit, and yeah. I really like the look of the episode, and I enjoy uh, Jack talking to Jack. Yeah. I think that's so fun. And I enjoy, I enjoy Sam's nerding together. And... Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of fun things about the episode that I really liked. Yeah, that's fair. It did have its amusing moments. I did actually like the episode itself for the most part. But like I said, just the end being just so, so, such a downer <laughs> just kind of took down the rest of the episode for me. What, what, ab- so also with the whole being a robot thing. So say you weren't condemned and you wanted to become a robot, but yeah. the only way to do it is for them to make a copy. So you're you, but you, this other person is also you. Well, if it's not, if I, if, if, if I'm a copy, then it's not me. But wouldn't you be a copy? If we're making them the way Harlan makes people? But, like, if you're a copy, then your consciousness is still in the original, and then there's a new consciousness in the second one. True, but up until that point, you were you, and you still retain all those memories. But then I would still be me, and now there would also be a second me who is not me, but but a new me that is, as far as it is concerned, also me. But me being the original me is still in this body, so there would just be a copy that is a new second me, but that my consciousness that I know it as now would not be in that second one. That would be a new consciousness. What this is getting you... us to the transporter paradox argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you do with mortal you though? Would you let mortal you just go off and live their life? Or well, I... would you just kill your other self so that you'd be an original again? <laughs> I am going on the supposition that my actual consciousness is transferred to the robot. And okay. Not okay. To the robot. So like my consciousness leaves my current stupid mortal body that's all you know it's flaws and everything wrong with it and then i am my current understanding of existence as i now know it is all put into this robot copied into the robot so there's two of me there's still only one of me and in my uh hypothetical fantasy of being a robot which would be (laughs) (laughs) okay okay i got it so you have an ideal scenario in which you become an immortal robot i get it I I, I'm not feeling so altruistic that I was that I would just be like, yes, a copy of me shall go on forever, and that's great. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, also, I don't know that that's altruism because I don't know that anyone wants another one of me around forever. <laughs> <laughs> Probably there's a lot of people that don't even want one of me around for now. But oh no, <laughs> that's people. not true. Those people are if they if those people exist, they're monsters, and we don't want to know them. So. <laughs> What about you, Kathy? Would you like to be a robot or have a copy robot or be transferred into a robot or any iteration of robot? I think I would enjoy that. I'd like I'd like to be around a long time and learn lots of things yeah. and see how things go. Although things have been so bleak in this country yeah. that maybe I don't want to see how things go. Yeah. But generally speaking, I would like to be immortal and be a super strong robot. Although they mentioned that they don't get hungry. They did mention at some point that we didn't really talk about that they don't get oh. hungry or need to drink anything, though. So that oh. might put a damper on my plans, too. Because I like true. food, and I like beer, and I like wine. And so if I don't get to consume <sighs> any of those anymore, then I'm not so convinced anymore. That would be, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to be some kind of at least, like... They need to install some taste buds and at least yeah. let me chew my food. Right. Is it like is it like Data who doesn't actually need food or drink but can consume them if he chooses to? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That would be fine. I'd be fine with that. 
I guess I guess if we're if we're talking about an ideal robot scenario, yes, it will be a robot that can consume food <laughs> and yes. beer. Cerveza, por favor. But doesn't necessarily need it because it right. can be inconvenient sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got that settled. Kathy and I are going to be robots. Yes. We are space robots. We are here to protect you. We are here to protect you from the terrible secret of space. We are the space and it will be great. The best. Yeah. What are we talking about next week? Or in two weeks? What are we talking about in two weeks? <laughs> we now, are talking we've got that settled. <laughs> we are talking about the next episode. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Which is called <laughs> Who would have thought that that would be what's coming up next? <laughs> we'll be talking about the season one episode there, but for the grace of God. Ooh, what number is that, theoretically? 20. Ooh, we're getting close to the end. We are. Yeah, we actually. There are only two more episodes after that in this season. Wow. Oh, I was thinking it was like 24. Ooh. I know. I thought so too, but not this one. 21. <sighs> Let's see what we've got for a description if you'd like to know what it's about going in. Daniel Jackson is pulled into an alternate reality where he sees Earth being invaded by the gold. (gasps) Oh my god. Sounds shocking. It does. I'm excited. I don't remember anything about this episode. I love alternate reality and time travel stories so much. (laughs) I'm pretty excited <laughs> i'm not i'm actually not see okay oh, really? i thought they needed time travel things no oh. i love them sorry that was my resting sarcastic voice coming out. <laughs> i d- it depends for me i sometimes enjoy them sometimes don't depending on how well done they are and how many paradoxes they rely on so, <laughs> so we'll see oh no I, I i love me some time travel it doesn't even have to be uh sensical it just <laughs> that's good. i do love back to the future that's a quality movie i love back to the future bill and ted's excellent adventure oh, that's a good movie oh, i love them all well i don't know if it's a good movie but i love that movie <laughs> yeah. i enjoy the time travel episodes in the star trek series and i mm. enjoy the mirror universe episodes in the star trek series Mm. Oh, my favorite episode oh. of the Star... Well, my favorite episode. My favorite Star Trek movie is uh, The Voyage Home, of course, because ah, there's yes. whales. And also there's time travel in that one, but and mostly it's because of the whales. You are correct in why that should be everyone's favorite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, this is not about Star Trek, but but I like alternate realities and time travel. So it looks like we get some alternate reality in the next Yay! one. Woo! Fabulous. Yeah. It's not as interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Hmm. Anything else to talk about today? Pepper update. She's snoring. <gasps> I don't have a puppy update or a kitty update because no one's in here with me. But yeah. they were being very cute earlier today. All three of them. I can report that much. At least. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Make sure that you have subscribed to us on your podcatcher of choice if you haven't already done so, so that you'll get our episodes as soon as they're released every other Monday. You can also find us on YouTube. And word of mouth is really helpful to us, spreading the word about our podcast and getting more listeners. So if you like what we're doing here, please tell your friends and your family members so that they can hopefully enjoy it as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at stargatesing. And we are also on Facebook. We have a group and a page that you can like or join if you're feeling generous, we're on patreon.com slash stargatesing if you'd like to make a donation or monthly donations. And you can also check out our website, 
we are uh, our website is at stargazing.space. I am Mary. I am Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargazing, the end. The end. Tilk Tilk points out to to condemn Harlan is to condemn them condemn Oh my <laughs> Tilk says I can't say words today that Tilk didn't say that I said that <laughs> <laughs>